Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stephen R. Butler from the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we're grateful that you are tuned into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ who ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We're very excited to plan for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the live show there. There's over 1,700 live shows on Blog Talk Radio at this hour, and you will find this show on page number two. It's consistently been on the first few pages of that website, pages one through four. You should be able to find this live radio show on Blog Talk Radio. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, just send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you abide with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, on the show this evening as he breaks into our listeners the bread of life. 
We pray that you will bless his family that supports his efforts, that he may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners this evening who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast. Our speaker for the show this evening, we only have one speaker on the show this evening, and that is Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Brower Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So open up your Bibles and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next will you hear be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Come on. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, and his subject, Jesus is Worthy of Worship. Good evening, brothers and sisters. Again, we want to thank you for listening tonight. We thank God for Uh, giving me this opportunity and this ability to teach uh, you what the word of the Lord is. I want to thank Brother Stevie for also giving me this opportunity um, to speak on his uh, radio program. But I I want to say something to Brother Stevie, um, and that is he told me uh, later this afternoon that I would be the only one on, and he said, take your time. Now, in the COC, I know what take your time means, but I'm not one of those take your time kind of preachers. (laughs) Um, I like to be brief. I like to get to the point. Um, I had a professor uh, in my uh, Bible uh, class, uh, Bible seminary, said, he said, uh, if you can't strike oil in 30 minutes, stop. You're boring. You know, most of our COC preachers believe that uh, 45 minutes to an hour, if you're not preaching that long, then you're not preaching. Well, um, I'm, I'm not going to preach, but I'm going to teach. Uh, you know, there's another saying that says the mind can only absorb more than the seat can endure. Well, I love to preach and uh, I love to teach. And uh, I come from a teaching family or a teaching father. And I know that there are times where it may get a little long, but uh, tonight I am going to be as brief as I possibly can, and but I'm going to give you the best information that I can according uh, to God's word. Now, enough said. From the triumphant entrance of Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 11, 8 through 11, we are going to find three practical principles of worship. Now, follow me here. Jesus is worthy of worship. He is worth all the praise we can give him. And the Bible says that the Father seeks worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, there are a lot of things in our life that want and demand our affection, our commitment, and even our dedication. But this world offers a lot more attractive distractions that you and I will be tempted to substitute God for. But there is only one God. There is only one God, and that one God deserves our praise and our thanksgiving. He deserves our undivided attention. He is a loving God, so praise him. He's an all-powerful God, so depend on him. Um, He is an all-knowing God, so trust him. He's an ever-present God, so follow him. He's a merciful God. So go to him. 
He's a God who hears, so talk to him. He's a compassionate God, so cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your fears upon him. He is a great God, so worship him. Get up every day deciding or determining in your mind to show this world how great God is to you confidently with God throughout the day. Let God, let, let, let him love you and love through you. Let him speak to you and through you. Let him bless you and bless through you. Tonight, we're going to take a look at some people who worshiped Jesus. Um, they declared his praises. From them and Jesus, we'll see lessons about worship uh, we need to consider uh, for today. So I hope you have time for this. Uh, let's get right to it. If you look at Mark 11 and verse 1, I'm not going to read, all, I may end up having to read all of this, but as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany in the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, as soon as you enter it, and uh, you will see a young donkey tied there uh, that no one ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll turn it soon. The two disciples left and found the coat standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that coat? I guess they thought he was robbing it. They said that Jesus had told them to say what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many of the crowd spread their garments uh, on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the Lord, uh, on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming king or kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. Now, let's set the scene. Jesus arrives in Bethany. And according to the Gospel of John, Jesus has recently raised Lazarus from the dead in Bethany, John 11, which was only two miles away from Jerusalem. Now, this is when the religious leaders officially de decided to kill Jesus, John 11 and verse uh, 53, I think. Jesus leaves Bethany for a short while and then comes back. So as people began to hear that Jesus and the man he raised from the dead were back in Bethany, people from all around, including Jerusalem, descended on the little town of Bethany. Now, John tells us something interesting in John 12 and 9. He says, and I quote, when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus, too. Well, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted, him, deserted them and believed in Jesus. Now, in addition, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they could arrest him. Now, 
Jesus and Lazarus have been placed on the most wanted list. Now, excitement and tension is both uh, in the air. So the day arrives for Jesus to officially enter Jerusalem in what we call the triumphant entry. And Jesus tells two of his disciples to go get a donkey in a nearby village. They bring the donkey to Jesus. He sits on it and starts riding. So this brings us to Mark 11 and verse 8, our focal point, our focus uh, passage. And from it, we're going to find three valuable lessons about worship. I want you to take your time and listen to this. Three valuable, most important uh, lessons about worship. Number one, here we go. The act of worship is an act of surrender. The act of worship is an act of surrender. Now, no matter who or what you worship, you and I are surrendering ourselves to that person or object. Now, worship is a declaration of submission. We can we see sometimes many people demonstrating their willingness to serve and place themselves under the authority of Jesus in verse 8, where Mark tells us many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the field. Now, I want to introduce two things about that here. Number one, the garment. Some of the people were taking off some of their garments and coats and laying them on the road ahead of Jesus. Now, this was a customary way uh, of expressing submission to a ruler or to a king. It's a symbolic act demonstrating the king was elevated above the common people and they were willing to place themselves under the authority and rule. It was also an act that demonstrated surrender and submission. Now, this was a physical gesture of reverence. It indicated the willingness for Jesus to have everything they owned. Listen to me. It indicated that their willingness for Jesus to have everything they owned even to trample their property, even to go in their house if he so desired. They were demonstrating their willingness to sacrifice whatever they had for his kingdom. Now, not all of those people were of great wealth. Uh, Most people didn't have several sets of clothes like we do today. Some of us have closets full. But for some of these people back in those days, the coats and their outer garments would have been their only one, their only garment that they had. So laying before, laying those garments before Jesus as he's riding a donkey, the garment becoming torn, becoming ripped, becoming shredded, stained beyond repair, making it no longer unwearable. Now, their willingness to risk such a great loss reflected the honor, the honor they were seeking to give to Jesus who they believed was their coming king. Now, as God's people, our worship, your worship, my worship of God, of him, should be an act of surrender, of placing ourselves under his feet, under his authority. Everything we have is to be dedicated to him. Everything. Everything. Our money, our time, our relationships, our work, our business, our ministry, and even our our hobbies. Worship, my friends, is laying all of that before him to use as he sees fit. Number two, the garment was number one, and number two thing, leafy branches. Now, 
Some placed their garments on the ground in front of Jesus, while others spread leafy branches they had cut in the field uh, before before his path. Uh, These leafy branches and, and palm branches, John symbolized joy and victory. But when you combine all this together, you have a worship that is filled with surrender, with joy, and victory. It is a worship that is filled with hope. It is a worship that is filled with optimism, and it is a it is a it is a worship that is filled with celebration. So, in, but in First Corinthians twenty nine, a worshiper of God said, "O Lord, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom." We adore you as the one who is over all things. God is over all things. The God that we worship every day, not just on Sunday, but every day, God is over all things. We need to surrender to him. We need to worship him. And in the middle of that atmosphere of worship, you will find, and I will find, true life of worship is an act of praise. Not only is worship an act of surrender, it is also an act of praise. So to give someone praise is to tell them and others how good they are or to declare something wonderful that they have done. Now, I know that God's done some wonderful things for me, and I know if he's done them for me, he's done them for you because the same God you praise and you worship is the same God I praise and I worship. So to give someone praise is to tell them and others how good they are or to declare something wonderful they have done. To praise someone is to honor them and give them glory. This is not about you. Praise comes with admiration, respect, and approval. Look at what Mark says in verse number nine. Track this with me. Verse number nine, he says, Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God. Praise God. Blessings to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. Let me give you some lessons on praise and what we all should remember. Number one, praise places Jesus in the center. Praise places Jesus in the center, not the preacher. Not the elder, not the you know anybody else who thinks that they're the center of attraction. Praise places Jesus in the center. That's number one. Mark tells us that Jesus was in the center of the procession, and that people all around him were shouting. And the literal translation uh, of this reads: those who went in front and those who followed were shouting. That's the NASB version. This was an anti-phone chant between those in the front of Jesus and those who were behind Jesus. And this anti-phone chant uh, would go something like this. The group in front would yell, praise God. And the group in the back would shout, shout, uh, blessings to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so the group in the front would respond, praise God in the highest heaven. And the group in the back would respond, blessing on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. 
You follow me? So you have this massive crowd of people in front of Jesus and in back of Jesus and people standing along the sides of the road. And you have them shouting, Jesus praise as the procession moves toward Jerusalem and into the city. Anyone who was in or near Jerusalem could not have missed this event because the praise by the group in the front, encouraging the group in the back and in the back of the, in the, in the back of the procession. And their praise was encouraging the group in the front. It was almost a, a, a contagious praise almost. Uh, there was enthusiasm and energy uh, in this spontaneous, uh, spontaneous worship service. But listen to me, people. You can praise and worship Jesus anywhere. That's right. You can praise and worship him anywhere. You can praise him on the golf course. You can worship him on the lake. Uh, You can call, you can exalt him in your backyard. But let me move to a sidebar here. Don't get caught up singing in faith, but walking in fear. Let me say that again. A lot of us don't get caught up in singing in faith, but walking uh, in fear. That's another lesson, but I wanted to give that sidebar right here at this point when it comes to worship. But there is something. After all that, there is something about being with other believers and them hearing you worship the Lord and you uh, hearing them praise your God. We need each other. And I'm a firm believer that we need each other. I mean, I need to hear you praising the Lord. I need and you need me to, to or you need to hear me declaring his greatness. It doesn't matter if you sound great or you sound bad. It doesn't matter. Let's praise him together. Amen. Let's worship God together. Let's motivate and inspire one another to worship our incredible and our awesome God. Amen. Number two, praise is Jesus at the center, but it also declares who Jesus is. Take a look at what they were saying in verse nine. Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor, David. Praise God in the highest heaven. There are four statements about Jesus in these praises about the people. One, praise Jesus because he's your Savior. That's automatic. Praise Jesus because he is your Savior. The first statement declares Jesus as the Savior. The phrase praise God is usually translated Hosanna. Uh, It is an Aramaic word that means save us. As the people were shouting out Hosanna, they were declaring Jesus as a Savior over and over and over again. And at this point, uh, they were not thinking about Jesus as a Savior from sin, but a Savior from the Roman Empire. That's what they were doing. They were seeing Jesus as an earthly Messiah. Whether they knew it or not, they were prophetically declaring Jesus for who he truly was, a Savior. Now, many of them would eventually understand that he came to rescue them from sin. Uh, but that would happen after the resurrection, John chapter 12 and, and verse 16. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus knew they didn't fully understand who he was or what he was all about, but he let them praise him anyway. He knew many of them would uh, become born again later, understand more, and their worship would be more accurate. So as followers of Jesus, we need to be reminded that Jesus is our Savior. And that he saved us from our sins, past, present, and future. He is our Savior. And if you have placed your faith in him, 
for salvation. Then you have been saved from the penalty. You are being saved from the power, and you will be saved from the presence of sin. This is called justification, sanctification, glorification. Big words we'll deal with maybe at another lesson. But as the people of God, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is our Savior and worthy of praise. Your understanding of all that may not be complete, and much of, it, much of what I'm saying here is still kind of foggy. But don't let what you don't know stop you from worshiping the Lord. If all you know is Jesus saved you because he was sent, the second statement declares that Jesus as being sent. The phrase in Psalms 118, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It refers to a person who has been traveling and is approaching the entering and approaching and entering the temple sanctuary and is uh, blessed by God because they come from God. This is the way the crowd was acknowledging that Jesus had been sent by God. For us today, when we talk about Jesus being sent by God, we are uh, referring to the incarnation of God, God becoming human uh, in man-like form and human-like form. Jesus is sent by God to save us, rescue us, redeem us, and bring true life to us. And so back in Mark chapter 9, Jesus says, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me, uh, not only me, but also my father who sent me. Now, the Heavenly Father sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that you and I can have eternal life. Because of this, he is worthy of our praise. Number three, praise Jesus because he declares Jesus as king. When the people were shouting, blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David, they're calling out to God to bless Jesus and his coming kingdom. Even though Jesus uh, taught about his kingdom often, the people's mindset was on an earthly kingdom rather than a heavenly kingdom. Because if you look closer at what they were saying, it reveals they were thinking about a physical kingdom rather than a spiritual kingdom, right? They were shouting, blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. It literally reads, of our father David in the NASB. They were thinking back to the glory days of King David, and they were wanting and expecting Jesus to bring back David's kind of kingdom. But in their limited and confused view, they were still declaring Jesus as king. Now, let's be fair here. His heavenly and spiritual kingdom would become much more clear after the resurrection. As believers today, we have the entire story. We have the beginning, the middle, and the end. Uh, When Jesus started his earthly mission or ministry back in Mark 1, his first message was about the kingdom of God. So, As you and I worship the Lord today, we can declare him as our king, the king of our hearts, our minds, our life, and everything else in our life. He is our ruler. This king loves you, so worship him. And finally, number four, praise Jesus because he is supreme. This fourth statement declared Jesus as supreme to say praise God in the highest heaven or Hosanna in the highest refers to God who is above all. He is supreme. 
He is exalted over everyone and everything. He is the most high God. There is no one above him. There's no one below him. There's no one beside him, all, all that stuff. He deserves all the praise, not some of it and not most of it. He deserves how much of it? Let me hear it. All of it. Amen. He deserves every bit of it. He is the God in the highest heaven because he is supreme and we are to worship and we are to praise him. Now, most of the people in the crowd did not fully understand who Jesus was. They were still kind of, you know, vacillating back and forth uh, about the earthly, about being very earthly about Jesus. Their knowledge of him was, he was not complete. Um, but they still worshiped him. They still praised him. And you may not understand everything about God being sovereign and impotent and omnipresent. You may not understand all that stuff, but you still need to declare and praise him as your sovereign God who is in control. Amen. You may not fully understand him being your savior, but you still need to praise him as your savior and your redeemer. So go ahead. Praise him for who he is. Go ahead. Declare, God, you are my Savior, my King, and you are supreme. God, you are holy, righteous, and perfect, and wise. You are everything about me and still love me. You are a forgiving God, a loving God, a merciful God, a God of justice, a God of peace. I don't have to know everything about you to know you are an awesome God and worthy of my praise. Number three, the act of worship is an act of examination. Now, friends, so far we've seen worship uh, is an act of surrender, is an act of praise, but we also need to see worship as an act of examination. What does that mean, Doc? Well, notice what Jesus does in verse 11. So Jesus comes or came to the temple in Jerusalem and went inside. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. Now, as Jesus was entering Jerusalem, he was surrounded by thousands of people. They were shouting his praises. And they were exalting him as some kind of king. At some point during the day, Jesus entered the temple complex. Uh, Matthew tells us, while he was there, Jesus healed a few more blind and crippled people. At some point, everyone, everybody left except Jesus and the disciples. As quickly as the crowd had gathered, they mysteriously left. The way Mark describes this moment in the temple, you get the feeling and picture of Jesus being left all alone to his thoughts. Like, hey, where is everybody? He is standing in the temple, in the temple complex, looking around, carefully examining everything. He has seen everything he has seen and currently sees. Mark records no conversation. So for once, the disciples appear to have allowed the Lord a moment or two by himself. Now, sometimes the greatest moments of worship are when there is basically nothing going on. There's no singing, no preaching, no talking. Now, most of our churches, that can't happen because somebody wants to be in control of all of that. But Sometimes in the greatest moments of worship are when there is nothing going on. 
complete and utter silence. No singing. No preaching. No talking. And it's those moments where you are sitting on your back porch or your front porch in North Carolina, I think they got sitting on your back porch or your front porch thinking about how great God is. It's those times when you look at a uh, the rising sunset or when the sun rises, um, the birth of a child or um, something memorable to you. No one's saying anything. You're simply taking everything in about God. You're taking everything in about Jesus. No singing. You don't hear no preaching. Have you ever been in a point where you just wanted to just stand there and just be in complete silence? You should try it sometime. It'll make a great difference in your life and in your heart. But sometimes these moments of worship are not about how great God is, but how things need to change. As Jesus was looking around carefully at everything, he was seeing some things he did not like. The next day, Jesus would return and drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice, and he would knock over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He would, I mean, he just wrecked the place. He wrecked it. He would stop everything and everybody from using the temple as a marketplace. Jesus said they had turned the temple into a den of thieves, charging outlandish prices for the sacrifices and wetting the scales and cheating people in the name of worship. They turned the house of God into a den of thieves, basically. It was about money. Oh, my gosh, I think I may have hit a point here. It was about money rather than the things of God. I wonder what would happen if our churches stopped about money and would just simply talk about God, the things of God. I wonder what would happen. Well, you all tell me what would happen. You know, send it to Stevie and Stevie will let me know. But it was about money, things of God. Money had become their God. Worship had been replaced with greed. He decided the problem, Jesus did, decided that the problem needed to be addressed and change needed to happen. So listen carefully, brothers and sisters. I think Jesus does this to his people from time to time because he loves us. The Bible says God disciplines those whom he loves, Hebrews 12, 6. God comes into our lives and he looks around in our lives carefully and then he shakes things up. We all have a table or two in our lives that need to be tossed. On that table, we place things that are more important to us than to God. Amen. Anybody out there other than me know what I'm talking about? On that table is money. On that table is happiness. On that table is acceptance. On that table is uh, wealth, um, health, uh, and, and, and some relationships. That's what's on that table. comes along and overturns that table just to get your attention to help you and me realign our focus on where it should be. And that is to help get rid of some of the idols in our lives. So to bring the message to clarity, 
there are going to be times in your life and my life that we need to look around, quote, unquote, look around carefully at everything in our lives and examine our hearts, our motives, and our love for God. You and I may need to knock over a few tables and some chairs in our lives. Amen. Yeah, I know we do. You may need to drive out some things from your life for the love of God. You may even need to drive out some people from your life for the love of God. Now, you can take that how you want to, but this may require leaving some relationships, repenting of some very bad habits we may have, and prioritizing God in our schedule. Hallelujah. Worship is an act of examination, and it is an act of change. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope this message was helpful. And if it has, uh, say amen when you can and stay in God's grip. God bless you, and may he bless you real good. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. God is able. God is able, God is able, to do what he said he would do. God is able, God is able, yes he is, God is able, God is able, God is able, to do what he said he'd do. Think about Daniel and the lion's den. It didn't look too good, but Daniel put his trust in him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the flames grew hot, they just put their trust in God. And he would not let them go. God showed his faithfulness. So if you think you're in a trial by fire, when the flames go hot, you just put your trust in God, and he'll never let you go. When trials come your way, He can give you peace down in your soul. He is always true. He'll be there for you. Will you believe? Will you receive?
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation. And what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is the program reminder. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio's telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508 or you go to the blog talk radio website type in your browser uh, blog talk radio or type in this link www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show and on tuesday the show that airs live is what a work the lord radio show we have two shows on the second and the fourth tuesday of the month and on the second Tuesday of the month, just like we had uh, on this past, um, the second Tuesday of the month, we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And also during the show, we have the Community Corner segment, that segment for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have three co-hosts on that show. Luke Giver, he's the evangelist for the Oak Brook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Isa Collins, he serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, the time is seven from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. My co-host, Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. She has the Kelly Fletcher show that will air every fourth Tuesday of the month. And then on Thursday each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And on this broadcast, I have seven co-hosts who will be presenting lessons from the Word of God. And each week I will have two of my co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out that I'm proposing to my one of my co-hosts on that live show. We did not have a, a shout out question on the show tonight. And then on Friday night, I'm hosting the live show Stevie B Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And that show will air from nine to eleven PM Eastern Standard Time, eight to ten PM Central Standard Time. And on this show I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds 
of Voices, and we're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, etc. And we're also debuting new music and featuring old music on that broadcast as well. And every third Tuesday of the month, I'm sorry, every third Friday of the month, we'll have my Top 20 Countdown show. So on this Friday night on The Blast, I will be doing my Top 20 Countdown show for the month of October. And I also have my on-demand episodes. These are they're just a variety of musical platforms now that you can go to to grab to listen to these podcasts. And some of the most uh, the oldest ones, uh, some of the most uh, renowned ones that we always announce is Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. There's just so many out there you can get these podcasts on now. So wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from, just search for Stevie B. Media Productions. Also have recorded version shows of these shows where album debuts mostly, so the same playlist that was used on the live show on uh, Friday night will be on these recorded version shows on Blog Talk Radio. These can be heard only on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B Recorded Version Shows. We want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. We want if you want to be a sponsor for these radio shows, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, and her telephone number is 954-687-4705. She lives there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And the three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Live radio show you're listening to the gospel light radio show when god says no and we won't listen to the age just remember don't forget i was I remember, God, I know, no one's dead, yeah, 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 my God, he knows, what's dead, what's dead, late in the midnight hour, I was crying, and all alone, waiting for an answer, my hope's gone. I even called on my best friend, and she could not be found. Lord, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, where are you now? So I went to church the next Sunday morning, looking for my breakthrough. I knew a change would come if I just hold on, cause God's word is true. But then the preacher said something, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes God says no, but just like Job, you gotta trust him, my child. When God says no. When the preacher said it, I didn't quite understand it. He said, don't forget. forget. Just trust your father. 
Cause he knows what's best When I lay awake In the middle of the night With tears streaming from my eyes I remember Father knows No matter what you're going Cause he knows Father knows And I start to feel a little better Cause he started talking about my genes And the garden of Gethsemane And how we pray to the Father Let this cup pass from me Then he did just like me, y'all Said he went to his best friends And his friends let him down He said, my God, my God Why have you forsaken me? God is moving and we don't understand. See, Jesus paid the cost when we were lost, and it was all a part of God's master plan. So when you're waiting for that answer and God says no to you, just go ahead and shout hey, and have no doubt. Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. I want to thank you for tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. We certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and also on social media. I want to thank my co host, Dr. Frank Washington, for that fine lesson. Jesus is worthy of worship. I always appreciate uh, hearing from Dr. Frank on this broadcast. He always does a great job on this uh, radio show. Certainly proud to have him as a member of my team here with Stevie B's Media Production. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just so thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. It is our prayer that the lessons that was given on this radio show tonight have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Walk in the flesh. 
do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I know it is the Father, 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show, episode 283. Amazing. Amazing. Heal your body. 
God so powerful that he can save your soul. My God, he 